and welcome to this Property Life podcast, brought to you in partnership with Property Wealth System. I'm your host for today, Sarah Blaney, and I'm joined by Nick Claydon, trainer for Property Wealth System and co-host of This Property Life. We're chatting about the highs and lows in the final weeks of a project. So hello, Nick. We are one week later from our latest podcast. It's a wet October day. And we're both in the middle of some rather huge projects. How has your week been? How long have we got, Sarah? Uh, <laughs> Not long. <laughs> week been. Uh, well, good morning. And yeah, um, Friday morning here. So um, uh, yeah, definitely a wet and miserable Edinburgh, um, which kind of leads into how my week has been. So we're um, about to open, as maybe a few people might know, a um, 15 bed hotel project in the centre of Edinburgh. We're probably two weeks away from opening um but we've been two weeks away for about the last month um but I think we generally are maybe two, two two weeks away this time um and yeah you know so we've got had the downstairs rooms ready to go um the upstairs rooms are, uh, are pretty much there and dressed and ready to open the downstairs all painted looking lovely um basement work still continuing uh, and then i went in two days ago to look at the front room and saw patches of damp on the walls of the freshly painted room now we've owned this building for two years no hint of damp anywhere in the building nothing and it has rain hasn't it <laughs> it, it does it does get its fair share of rain yes that is correct um yeah building's been bone dry literally for two years and um and it ended up with five people outside looking at the gable end of the wall like five people staring at a wall so there was me builder second in second in command of the building team um and caroline and our interior designer claire how many is that yeah <laughs> well five people staring at this wall going how is that damp because the bottom of the wall on the outside is dry and the top of the wall is dry and there's this band going right through the middle that's wet and we're all just staring at going how how is this happening and uh, not many answers. So um, anyway, yeah, so that's been my week so far. So um, after I've recorded this, so I'm heading up to site with my drone. And I'm going to fly the little drone up to the chimney and have a look because we've kind of narrowed it down to possibly being water ingress into the chimney at the top, which then kind of comes down the middle of the building, hits the basement, no, it hits the ground level and then spreads along the wall. That's that's all we can think of. So we're going to go and check that out. So yeah, drone flying. Is now added finally, um, yeah finally one of your gadgets actually has a use hooray yes Anyone that, that knows nick well knows that he does love a gadget and um we're finally getting some good business use out of those which is, which yeah, is maybe a, a good thing life-saving uh my little drone yeah i've got to learn how to fly it so a couple of youtube okay. videos and i'll have a look and um and work it out excellent well today i'm on the pws podcast um i think we both wanted to just chat about some of the the things about how you get a project ready to launch some of the things that you really enjoy about it and some of the things that are challenging obviously we've heard about one of those today um but just to give a little little insight into the mindset and world of a property investor just as you're about to launch something big so nick tell us what let's go to the good side of things what has been the most enjoyable thing about launching Eleven, your beautiful hotel, 
slightly damp hotel in Edinburgh. Yeah, I'm going to have to dig really deep here, so I'll try and dredge out some fun things because it's been a bit of a slog. Nick, let's go for yeah, that. There have been some fun things. Um, so a lot of the fun side of it comes around the kind of marketing angle and the collab collaboration with other local businesses. Um, so because we're just rooms only, we're not doing food and beverage, we're, you know. Um, so a lot of the fun things have been kind of going to all the little bars and restaurants and, you know, getting local business owners um, involved and um, negotiating deals with them for our guests and also to get to sample lunch menus and cocktails and wine menus and all this kind of thing. So um, I'd say that's probably for, for the hotel side of it been, you know, been the fun element is um, is doing that. Um, and it means that we've managed to bring quite a lot of additional benefits to our to our guests when they arrive. So we've got so we've got welcome cocktails, a, a cool little bar around the corner. Um, we've got breakfast, so we had to go and try out the breakfast at the uh, West End Brasserie around the corner. It was very nice. Um, so we've got breakfast for guests there, you know, lunches, and then we, you know, we look at other things like office for a day, for example. So you need to open a work seat up in Edinburgh, Sarah, and we can collaborate. It's on the list, Nick. It is on the list. So for um, listeners, um, work seat is mine and Rick's new brand, which is co-working space, which we are, um, I think, four weeks away from launch. But yes. I'll put it on the list. Yeah. And for you, um, fun things for you, Sarah. So I think, you know what, it's it's quite a similar story. So um, as I said, Worksea is a co-work space. Uh, we are launching the first one in Southport. Um, our second site is secured down in Hampshire. And um, because Southport is probably about four weeks from being ready to um, take uh, guests, you know, workers, um, we have been doing quite a lot of marketing ourselves and it is that it's that business development and um, business relationship building so we have been attending lots and lots of network meetings up in Southport um, we've been you know peddling our wares um, left right and center um, and then you start to see the result of that so this week we had um, three different people from the council approach us ask us what we're up to and how they could support us so that felt really good because they were like we've been crying out for this in Southport we're so thankful that you've put something together and you know we really want to support the business um, and so that kind of that's been really nice because you you kind of think well yeah what I'm doing is is in demand not just you know by by the people that are going to use it but also the wider community and how it fits into the economic plan for that area so the, the marketing the business development and the building relationships has been fantastic we've really enjoyed that yeah just remind me actually yeah and um i saw you in the local paper in southport and we made this at local paper in edinburgh as well so yeah yes we are mirroring each other aren't we i think yeah. at the moment but it's good and I, I think you know a lot of people have asked me how did you get in the paper and it's actually it's actually it's quite straightforward um caroline's you know quite natural this kind of thing so she just put some feelers out amongst in LinkedIn saying the project is going on. And we probably had about eight or nine journalists contact us from that. And um, and within a day, we were, we were in the paper and then we were actually on the front page of the Edinburgh Evening News, I think two That's days ago. Time, isn't it? Yeah. And obviously, you know, you're you're on the 
um, on the print edition of that, but that's also all online as well. And then, you know, you suddenly get Facebook groups for the community um, starting to share your things and, and it builds doesn't it, of, of interest um, from the local community, which is, I, I find it really, really um, rewarding. Yeah, no, I do, I do well. It's all just part of the marketing plan is, you know, people have got to know that you're there. Um, you know, particularly, uh, probably more so for your project in Southport, um, because, you know, you'll be getting local people to, to work there. For us, um, it's more of a visitor angle. Um, but the more that we're out there on online and the people searching, you know, for Edinburgh and hotels, you know, the, the, the more PR there is out there for us, the, the more people will find us. Um, so, yeah, you know, it's all it's all good fun doing that. I, I love that, that angle, that part of it. So let's move to perhaps some of the challenging things. So obviously um, having some water ingress and some beautifully decorated rooms is most definitely a challenge um, yeah. and perhaps one that you couldn't have foreseen. But um, I guess what I'm trying to get at is what are some of the challenges that we have when we launch projects that we do expect? Um, the biggest challenge we've had, I think, um, apart from planning, which was a long time ago now, um, planning was a challenge when it shouldn't have been. Um, you know, anything relating to um, public sector interaction is a challenge, I think. And you have to build in extra time and a lot of extra time, I think, to to deal with that. So our biggest challenge probably has been utilities. Yeah. Um, so a lot of utilities. Um, so particularly what I'm talking about here are um, electric. We need, we need to upgrade our supply for three-phase supply and the new three-phase meter. We needed to upgrade our water supply um, for two reasons. One, um, to, to, to get, um, you know, to, to change the diameter of the pipe so we get more flow. And also we needed an, a, a second system for the uh, fire suppression system, which we had to put in. So water, um, water electricity, gas, Edinburgh didn't want us to have any gas in the building, so we haven't got any gas um, or didn't need a new gas pipe. But then it was um, communications. So we wanted to put in a fixed um, direct line um, called a lease line into the building for our broadband. So we've got a super stable broadband connection. Um, so you speak to all the front end operators, you know, so you speak to, you know, your um, service provider, but they don't actually do any of the infrastructure. All of the infrastructure is dealt with anything telecoms is BT Openreach. Mm. Um, and like your electricity supplier, so our supplier is British Gas, but they don't actually do the infrastructure bit. That is, well, it could be Scottish Power, it could be, um, yeah, there's two or three others, depending on where you are. Um, Eon, I think, is the other one in the area. So, um, and they're the ones that actually do the infrastructure bit. So you have to go through lots of different hoops jump through all these hoops to actually get the job done. And it's, it's just the most frustrating thing because they're very com compart compartmentalized. Um, we started looking at utilities probably eight months ago. We've only just had- Would be plenty enough time, would you not? But, you, but we've only just literally in the last week had the electricity supply upgraded to three phase. Wow. We still haven't had the water done. That's apparently been done next week. Um, and we're still waiting on BTO for each to connect our broadband. All the, you know, a lot of the infrastructure's in, 
but they have different teams doing different things. So it's not just BTO from each. It's a team that comes in and assesses everything. Then they pass it on to another team who then look at digging up the road and putting the putting the, the cable in. Then you have another team that comes in and actually connects you up. And if there's a bit of a breakdown between one of those teams, then it just delay, delay, delay. And it's been so frustrating. So we're we basically got cable in finally to the building. And we're now waiting for the connection team to come in and literally just connect us. I think that's, um, that is definitely when you're working on a big project which does need these infrastructures put in, it's something that that whilst you can say, oh, I've, I've allowed eight months for this, it's one of those things where it can it can astound you how long it can take. And the the communication appears that you would complain to your point of contact. They'll complain to their point of contact. And there's about seven or eight different points of contact who are all complaining to each other and then you just wonder well where's the guy that's doing all the work but, but the, the, the guys the guys that actually do the work so like electricity you had a guy that comes in and digs a hole he was super efficient he was brilliant he just came in dug a hole put what he needed in filled it back in and disappeared brilliant. it's all the layers in between isn't it where yeah. i think it's like a chinese whisper of yeah um, the, yeah. the only thing he did wrong sarah was he um, took our original meter off the wall and then dropped it so completely smashed our meter. Right. Right. So he'd put the cable in, but then smashed the meter. Oops. So then you have to go to another team for a new meter. And then you have to jump through a whole another set of hurdles to actually get a meter put in as well. Anyway, so it's been a, a bit of a, a, a slog to get those in. As I said, we're still not there with water or, or BT. Um, so my biggest piece of advice for anyone starting a major project, the first thing you do... Uh, probably even before you get the keys, just start on the utilities, just, just get started and don't outsource it to anybody else. We outsourced it originally to our PA, I think. Um, and, um, you know, it, you just got to be on it yourself. I think that's the big, biggest lesson is I will never outsource that job again. You have to just be on it. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And I do think sometimes it's um, it's luck of the draw. Yesterday I played, applied for three phase electricity upgrade at our Hampshire Worksea site. Um, I put the application in with Scottish and Southern Energy Network, who was the infrastructure provider um, at that location. And three, three, three to four minutes after the application was submitted online, we received a phone call. It was like, what? Wow. <laughs> I mean, you're in a, it, you're in a parallel universe. They can still disappoint me, let's face it. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah. I mean, you, might, you might have one team, one one element of it might be super efficient. So yeah. I said the, the, the electricity guys the electric big goal were brilliant. But you just need one element of it to not be efficient uh, and it just grinds to a halt. So with water, it was a nightmare, you know, because you'd, you'd send in the application. I don't want to go on too long about this, but send in an application and they come back and say, no, it's not quite right. And you say, well, can you tell me what is what, what I need to do then? Or you need to do the drawing differently. Well, what can you specifically tell me what I need to do when I go and do it? So you know you are kind of dealing with that that you know that kind of mindset as well. So best piece best piece of advice: start right at the very beginning. First thing you do, assess what utilities you need. If you need to upgrade your supplies, just start that process straight away. First thing. I think um, another thing that um, when you're doing a big project like a hotel or like a a co-working space where you know, you you have a, a wide audience at the end who can use your service. The other thing that um, 
it's not a challenge, it's just part of the process is I often feel that there's this hard stop where all my work can't go beyond until the place is finished, it looks beautiful and my photographs are done. Um, and I, I, I do find that quite frustrating because I'm like, I could be getting on with this and I could be getting on with that. And yet I can't because it's like this bottleneck that is is stopped by the photos. Yeah, um, I mean, we, we got some CGI's done for the hotel and we, yeah, we, we set up a website with CGI's on it, but it's not the same thing. No. You, know, you, you can't really open um, a market based on CGI's, um, but you can give people a flavor of what it's going to be. But yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, we're, we're at that point now where, you know, we need to get, we had some photos taken yesterday. So we've got some top floor stuff done, but we can't, you know, we've got the main entrance we can't show. We can't show the outside of the building yet. You know, so there's lots of things that we can't show. Um, we've probably got enough to put a listing on, I think now, but I'm hesitant because I want it finished. And as you're right, you know, you, you can't actually market properly until, you, until you're finished and then everything's got to come together. So I'm waiting on Wi-Fi so I can then commission all the smart locks, commission all the smart heating system. Can't do any of that until I've got my Wi-Fi connection in. Yes. And it's like that point where that one thing opens the door to a gazillion other tasks um, and you've already worked really hard and you just want to get the rest done, but, but you're kind of hampered. Um, it can be a bit of a, a frustration. I always feel if I ever get frustrated, I go back to my financial projections and have a little look and that normally makes you feel a bit better. Yes, indeed. Um, and that's, that's the thing, isn't it? We've got to hold on to something of why we're doing this to, um, to get us yeah. through some of the, the challenging times. So obviously we're talking about some big projects here, Nick. We've, we've got a big, lovely hotel in and the centre of Edinburgh, um, you know, and I've got a, a 60 to 70 desk co-working space in Southport. These are quite big projects. Mm. But, um, yeah. What about some of the, you know, the, the how can this relate, I guess, to some of the smaller projects that some of our listeners might be doing? Well, I, I think the principles are all the same is, you know, you've got to look at what are the big jobs that need to be done first so if you're doing you know a, a straightforward well i say straightforward nothing's ever straightforward is it but um if you're doing more of a kind of you know um sim simpler flipped kind of model you know a, a, a renovate a house and sell it on um you're still going to have a similar kinds of challenges with you know uh, you might still need to you know if you don't need to go through planning you definitely will need to do you know go through building control and they will have you know, um, they're, you know, dealing with anything relating to the local councils with building control or anything, utilities is always a challenge. So it's just get those processes started early. Don't don't leave anything late. Anything that requires input from a third party, particularly a public sector third party, start early. Yeah, I think it's worth getting a timeline um, sort of drafted out as to all the sort of different things that you're going to need along the way, just so that there isn't so much of a surprise um, for you if you're if this is one of your first projects. Um, you know, just really try and and talk to your builder and and talk to other landlords and you know see the the timeline of when they have worked through projects as to when you might talk to a letting agent or um, you know the estate agent to to flip a property on um, because it can feel overwhelming when you're doing it on your own. Yeah, absolutely. And your builder, you know, really should be on your team here um, and be advising because they should have seen and done most things when it's coming to the type of project that you're doing. So you are, you know, when you're starting out, you are relying on your builder a little bit to, to keep you keep you on track. But as I said, don't 
uh, don't outsource any of the really important stuff. I think you have to be on that yourself. We, we were probably a bit guilty of a, a builder kind of loves to tell us what to do. And, you know, it's taken us a little while to, to really understand that, you know, he just needs to do what we want him to do. Yeah. Um, and a lot of his advice has been really good, but there's some things that we've allowed him to say that he will deal with that he then hasn't, that we should have dealt with. You know, as again, particularly around utilities and infrastructure and that kind of stuff. So, yeah, that's our biggest lesson, I think, is don't outsource everything. Or don't, yeah, don't let your builder do everything. Be, be on top of it. Yeah. Retain that control of um, knowing when it's done. Um, yeah. And, yeah, I think that that is an important lesson. So let's look forward to next week. Apart from some water ingress, um, <laughs> what are your... What are your main things for Project 11? Project 11 for next week. Um, well, we really want to kind of ramp up the marketing. So uh, we've got now got some professional photos done so we can now get the website looking better, replace some of the CGIs with, um, you know, professional photos uh, so I can build a listing for, you know, the OTAs, online travel agents. Um, yeah, it's really ramping up the marketing, I think. Um, water <laughs> bt gonna be on their cases to really get that done i said you know I, I just want to be in a place where i can commission all the locks we're using a smart lock system um but it's all wi-fi enabled so i i can't do anything you know i want to be able to then test as soon as i can do that i can then test all the systems uh, i've got tvs going up so it's, it's it's kind of moving into you know tech and um commissioning everything getting things ready to open for next week next couple of weeks i think whilst hopefully our builder finishes the basement and be, you yeah we're not too dissimilar so i have just done all the final edits for the for the website um obviously we are we're still four weeks from build finish um so those photos are holding me up again nick uh but uh i could put some stock images in and some of the cgi that we've had done and hopefully get that through because as, we're, as our marketing's building, everyone's like, well, where's the website? <laughs> yeah. um, I'm also having to learn a new um, software which will be managing all of our co-workers. Um, so from, it's like it's like a channel manager um, for short stay accommodation, but for the, for the co-working space. So I'm having to learn a new piece of software, how to use that, how to set it up, um, which is my bag. So that's, that's great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's all time, isn't it? I just think that it'd be lovely if I could clone myself and um, get two of me working. A little bit mm. like, like Hermione in, in Harry Potter. That one will do that. That would be great. That's my wish for next week. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But you love good systems, Sarah. So that, that should be fun for you getting into the, the new system. I do. I, I do love a system. Okay, so what else is next? What's next for you after Worksy? So uh, Worksy Southport, as I say, will be open in December, um, January. So we're going to have to see how the Christmas period goes as to whether people are interested in, in looking at co-working space or just interested in having some office drinks. Um, and then our Worksy Hampshire will be um, ticking along nicely so we've got some structural work happening there at the moment so again we've got the two sites complete opposite ends of the country 
um, going on at the same time, which is always good fun. Um, and uh, yeah, we have had another offer accepted on a on a large project down in Hampshire as well. So um, I should just be going into a quiet room and telling myself <laughs> it's all going to be okay, and I should look at my financial projections, Nick. Keep myself yes, on track. That, that's always keep, keeps me on track. Is go back to projections and, and have a little look. So um, yeah, I'm using a new um, dynamic pricing software. So um, so I'm using um, Boom Price Genie for this one. Yeah, Other which we also use. Uh, and yeah. actually, as a bit of a, a spoiler, we do have the marketing manager of Room Price Genie um, on the podcast in the next few weeks. So look out for that one. Excellent. So for those who are listening who are not sure what they do, um, so particularly for hotels and short stay accommodation, um, Room Price Genie operate a um, dynamic pricing piece of software, which means that you, you know, they look at um, your local area and they will adjust your your rates um, accordingly if there's busy periods coming up um, so it's a piece of software that basically takes all the work out of having to be totally on top of your rates and meaning that you don't miss out on um, you know events that happen before you know about it so for example in Edinburgh we've got Taylor Swift coming next year next June and it's, it's fascinating when you look at um room price genie so once you you know you you um uh, you sign up for that and you get a, a desktop to look at um a, a portal that shows all your pricing in, in edinburgh and there's this literally massive spike <laughs> average room rate in edinburgh at the moment is probably 200 pounds a night across across the board um for taylor swift it's a thousand pounds a night is it really wow so, you know, if um, if you're operating a short stay accommodation uh, unit or hotel, if you didn't know about that, as soon as that was announced, you know, tickets sold like that and people were immediately looking for accommodation. Now, if you're out or on holiday or something and that happens and everyone books up your hotel at £150 a night, you've lost out massively. Absolutely. So, so this is why I love that that software. It just takes away all that element of having to totally be on the case and looking at rates and what's going on. It does all that for you. So it takes your base level and then it tracks the market. And if, and if an event is announced, it you know the, the algorithm will will pick that up and it will immediately push your rates up to what everyone else is pushing their rates up. Um, so yeah, I love it. So I, I did a whole projection for the financial year for Edinburgh, and uh, and the numbers look pretty good. So every time you know I have a little wobble, I go back and have a look at that. It makes you feel much better. Fantastic. And have you got more projects in the pipeline? We have. We have. Yes. So, um, yeah, we we had another um, offer accepted on another very similar building in Edinburgh, a different part of Edinburgh. A bit more um, of a trendy neighbourhood. In fact, um, it was uh, a, a neighbourhood that came number 16th in the timeout um, world's coolest neighbourhoods. So part of Edinburgh Leith um so yeah we, 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 we had a uh, project XDO yeah, a building um offer accepted on that a few weeks back now um so yeah you know that is going to be a very similar kind of thing uh, probably 16 studios rooms um so we're going to finish this one and go straight into the next one you know we were going to have a little break but you know these things <laughs> come up and do they so when they come up you've got to go for it absolutely yeah that is that is it uh, and hopefully that that shows you guys that even though we do have lots of challenges um, as property people, um, 
it's a bit like childbirth. You kind of forget them and you move on and um, go for the next one. And uh, it, it keeps rolling. Um, it's slightly addictive. Yeah, because you, you kind of you learn you know, all the lessons that you learn from the big project. You know, and this goes right back to when you do your first buy to let or your first flip um, or your first HMO. And you learn so much from doing that that project that it's so wasted if you then don't roll that out and do more. There's no point just doing one buy to let. You know, you want to do five, six, seven, ten. Um, there's no point doing one HMO. You know, you've 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 done all the hard work. So roll it out, do more. You know, refine and 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 build. Same with hotels. So exactly the same thing. We've learned so much from this project in Edinburgh. Why would we not do another one? It's all you know, not yeah, wasted. Well, now we know exactly what we need to do with lo loads of lessons learned uh, with things you know like um for the financing you know it's a massive thing for this kind of project is how your financing is going to work so we learned loads from using different types of development finance in terms of what they want so now we can be much more prepared so when we go for that kind of you know that kind of finance um we know to day one first thing we do utilities we're going to need to do the same thing on utilities um yeah it, it's just you know there'll be other challenges for sure but at least we know we won't have the same ones as we had on this one and i think one thing just that i want to finish on um, nick is that when you are working on big projects in property and um it can be it can sometimes feel overwhelming and um you know you, you kind of need what i love is that within the property wealth system we have a little family of people who are all going through the same thing that we can all rely on um, and chat to so that we uh, you know it's a problem shared as a problem halved isn't it so um i think that's one thing that i really um value around um you know the property wealth system network is just the the support and network absolutely and, and the knowledge within it as well you know we know if we've come up against something you know whatever project we're doing there'll be somebody within our network that's probably done it and dealt with it and can give a bit of advice i mean we had a conversation before we came on sarah and you passed me a piece of advice about about bt you know um so it, it it's massively valuable being part of a network you know if, if anyone listening here is you know out on your own you, you don't have to be out on your own there's there's whole networks there property wealth system you know it was worked great for us sarah um and uh, yeah, we're both mentors and trainers for Property Wealth System. Um, if anyone wants to check us out, um, propertywealthsystem.co.uk, come and have a look and see what we do. Um, but yeah, massive part of that is, is the network. Absolutely. And we do have um, some network meetings happening. So if you're based around the Midlands area, um, there is a network meeting on, I think it's the first Monday, um, in the meridian area there is network meetings on i think on a on a thursday in the croydon area um, and then there's one launching around sheffield i think soon as well yeah and we do have a bit of an informal one in, in scotland in edinburgh that's probably going to become a bit more formal over, over the following months so yeah you know there's plenty of networking opportunities for anyone out there yeah so if you want to um, check those out i think they're on eventbrite is that right nick they are yes kind of a look on eventbrite fantastic well um go get your drone and be happy with your little gadget yes you love a bit of that so um i'm wishing you um a great drone session and let's get that ingress of water sorted immediately yeah. and yeah. Uh, yeah next week it will be a, a whole new set of fun and challenges
challenges. I was going to say problems, and then I thought, no, not problems, challenges. Yeah, absolutely. Great. Thanks, Sarah. I'll speak to you soon. Thank you, Nick. Thank you, Nick. And hopefully we have not put any listeners off starting some of the bigger projects, such as hotels or commercial ventures. As we both said, having a supportive and knowledgeable network around you has been invaluable for us and hopefully will be for you. Remember that much you saying your network is your net worth. Wishing you all a great week in property and life.